0: Good morning, this is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor uh, Alva Pendorvis again inviting you to tune in each day, Monday through Friday. At this same time, we bring you another old-time, old-fashioned gospel message from God's Word on the old Trailblazer Broad. We're bringing you a series of messages now on Satan, the god of this world. We don't want to get away from our topic. We don't want to get away from our subject. We want to bring you, thus saith the Lord, and we're looking now at some of the doctrines of Satan, some of the doctrines of of demons, if you will. And we've seen those things there. We saw one of those doctrines is... uh, Baptismal regeneration, folks put their faith and confidence in baptizing. But that's a doctrine of demon. Then we saw those who say they can keep the Sabbath and be saved. That's necessary to be saved, keeping the Sabbath. Then there's another group that says uh, church membership. Yes, there's another little doctrine over there. Well, you must belong to this church. or you. I've had many folks tell me that. Oh, this is a true church, my friend. And then if you want to go on, there's others who have, you have to speak in tongues, believe in divine healing instead of blood redemption. That's right. That's right. And then we're looking at another one that we got into in our last study. We're looking at the doctrine there of uh, the new gospel, the easy-believing-ism, and what's taking place rampant in our churches today all over this country, Uh, this easy-believing-ism. Folks say you can come on now and trust Jesus. Walk, take the first step, and Jesus will meet you halfway down the the aisle. But we were looking there at old Peter when he brought that message. Uh, What did they say? Those folks said uh, they were pricked in their heart, and they said, what shall we do, brethren? Peter said, repent. That's the missing note today in our present-day preaching, isn't it? Repentance. Do you hear preaching any preaching of repentance in your church, folks? The Bible says that's one of the must of God's word. You must repent. Except ye repent, you shall likewise perish. Peter didn't stand there and urge them to accept Christ. No. He didn't stand there with the persuasive words of man's wisdom and urge them to make a decision to come down the front and give him their hand or tell them if they'd make the first day. He didn't do any of those things. No, sir. He cried out, Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter had laid the axe to the root of the tree. Now that's the secret, my friend. That's the key to all preaching. Laying the axe. Calling sin, sin. He laid before them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christ died for their sins, according to the scriptures. That he had risen from the dead, according to the scriptures. And that he was exalted at the right hand of God. And God had made him both Lord and Christ. And therefore they were under condemnation because they had crucified the Lord. He laid judgment at their door. He indicted them for the crime of first-degree murder. They saw themselves justly condemned and lost, so much so until they began to cry, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Have you ever been in the service where someone would stand up and say, Pastor, what should I do to be saved? How, how can I be saved? I have. I love those times, my friend, when the Holy Spirit moves upon a heart, sends that dagger home to the heart, exposing that heart uh, to that individual until he can't rest. If old Peter had been one of these modern-day preachers that we see today with a little silk handkerchief in his uh, vest pocket and his little uh, tie on to match his socks and his socks to match his hat and all those things, if he'd have had that little thing on, he'd have begun to draw his net and bring all those folks in on a decision for Jesus. He'd have had his choir singing. Uh, listen, he'd have had a choir singing for thirty minutes or an hour, and he would have stood there and used up all the psychology and high-pressure salesmanship he knew how to get them out on a profession of faith. But listen, listen to the contrary. He didn't sing a single song. He didn't give an invitation. He came back with one word: repent. We don't do that here at the old Trailblazer Broadcast. We don't give an invitation. We don't sing uh, just as I am for 30 minutes trying to get some poor devil to get up out of his seat. No, we leave that in the hands of the Lord. We turn our folks over to the Lord. We say repent or perish, turn or burn, turn to the Lord, my friend. Oh, listen, listen, I wish you'd write me. I'd send you that little book, Turn to Burn, by Pastor Shelton. It's an eye-opener. It'd be an eye-opener to you. But old Peter cried, Repent. Peter knew, Peter knew how, to, that, uh, how God had uh, saved him. He was saved in the bottom of a boat one day there when Christ had been preaching. And he knew that nobody could come to Christ until they repented because a sinner meets God at the mercy seat, and God meets sinner meets the sinner there in repentance. Because the sinner, listen, my friend, when the sinner repents, when he, he repents, he meets God. He meets God at the mercy seat. And God meets him in repentance. But when a sinner repents, God is right there to save him. Did you know that? No sinner needs to meet God halfway. God meets the sinner all the way. When the sinner repents, God comes running to the sinner when he repents. Down, sinner, down before before God as a lost sinner and close in with Christ. Have you ever read the story of the prodigal son? What happened when the father stood there on the old front porch? And I believe he did that day after day, looking over the horizon, looking down down the hill, looking down the lane there. But one day he was standing out there in the late in the afternoon. The evening shadows were beginning to fall. And he looked out. He put his hand up over his eyes to shade out the little evening sun. And there over the horizon he saw the old sun coming. He saw the old prodigal sun coming. He was kind of dragging home. What happened? The Bible said that he ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. Did you know that's the only place in God's Word where it says the Father ran? Where God got in a hurry? That's the only place, my friend. And that's the only time you'll ever see the Lord run. It's to run to the rescue of some poor old sinner who's lost, doomed, and damned, and has given up hope. Come to his wit's end. No more hope. No more rebellion, no more wickedness, no more lust, no more no more of those things that once he longed for, no more hog pen, no more husk. No, listen, listen, sinner. Listen, let the old trailblazer be true to you one more time. No sinner is ever saved until he comes to see himself lost. Then he comes to repentance. Did you know you can't repent of something you don't know anything of? Unless the Lord shows you your sin, you can't repent. No. Now let's turn to Acts 2020 where you will find that Paul, in a council with the elders of the church there at Ephesus, sums up his whole ministry with these words, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul didn't say I went from house to house, engaged in personal soul winning, trying to get folks to accept Christ or make a decision for Jesus. But he said, I have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, not acceptance, not to accept Jesus, not to come on down to the front and not, no, no, but what? But what? Repentance. Repentance towards God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we preach here at the Old Trailblazer Broadcast. Repentance towards God and faith towards your Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, pastor, what is repentance? What is repentance? When the Lord takes a hold of an old sinner, he finds him wretched, miserable, blind, worthless, helpless, hopeless, and he brings him to see those things. He brings him to see that condition. And then one day, one night, one hour, that poor sinner, after having seen himself, mourning over his sin, comes to the place where he says, Lord, I'm guilty. Lord, I'm helpless. Lord, you're right. Lord, you're you're the just one. I'm the unjust one. I, I, I deserve to go to hell, Lord. This old sinner deserves to go to hell. That's right. He ever won, every sinner that I've ever known, including the old trailblazer, deserves to go to hell. But one day he comes to that place acknowledging that stuff, that thing, and that's, that's repentance. That's repentance, my friend. It's not turning over a new leaf, no, and hoping you can hold on. It's coming to God, acknowledging. It's coming to Christ, acknowledging that you have no hope, that you have no strength, that you have nothing to bring to him. Like the song said, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's what the poor old sinner does. He falls at the feet of Christ or falls there at the feet of the cross, as it were. And, and, and clings there, clings to him. Listen, listen. Then if you turn to Acts, the 17th chapter, read Paul's sermon to the Greeks there at Athens, you'll note that he closed that sermon, not by asking folks to accept Christ, but with these words. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commendeth all men everywhere to repent. No sinner has ever been saved under this new theology. I stake my eternal destiny on it, my friend. I don't, it matters not how how socially, morally clean you are. Oh, you can be a lily white chaste virgin, my friend, but you have a heart as wicked as hell. Did you know that? That's right. No sinner has ever been saved under this new theology. And I know that's a broad statement. And I know that we are bucking the world here. We're bucking the masses of humanity. But my friend, God's word, God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And may it go home to your heart today. That's right. That's right. This new theology that's abroad in our land, which puts the emphasis on acceptance instead of upon repentance, no one is ever brought to the Lord like that. Now, you deny repentance. You make fun of repentance, and you can laugh at the old trailblazers if you want to, but you just have to go to hell for your trouble. Now, my friend, I'm trying to make you think. I'm trying to get next to your, uh, under your old rhinoceros hide with the gospel this morning. No sinner has ever been saved until he repented. You can put that down in your corncob pipe and smoke it, my friend. Listen, listen. Let's try to analyze this new theology in the moment or two we have left, and if we'll take it up in our next study. But listen, listen. Let's try to analyze it. Decision for Christ, those things that are now being preached from thousands of pulpits today. First, there's no Holy Spirit conviction there. What is it? What do you say? What is, it? What is Holy Spirit conviction, trailblazer? It's an ancient mystery to modern-day theology. When a sinner misses Holy Spirit conviction, which is the Lord by the Holy Spirit opening the sinner's heart, Opening his mind, opening his heart to see himself, giving him a glimpse to look inside to see how wicked and how wretched he is. When you miss that, my friend, you miss repentance. You see no need for repentance. The sinner who's never been awakened sees no need for repentance. He said, what is repentance? What what, what I need to repent of, I haven't done anything. He misses repentance. He misses saving faith. When he misses faith, he misses a new birth. When he misses a new birth, he misses Christ. And when he misses Christ, he misses heaven. And if he misses heaven, he's doomed for a Christless hell. Then, this new theology of the present day puts the emphasis upon getting members into the church and counting numbers for baptism. Now, my friend, that's what we face today. Our Protestant churches, especially, here in the south... I know what goes on. They have to meet a quota, my friend. They do, they meet a quota for their hierarchy there at the denominational headquarters. And they count all of these little fellas. They have decision days on Sunday school days where they bring these little five and six year old children out on a profession of, for, for Jesus, of, uh, accepting Jesus. And uh, they count those numbers. They count heads, my friend. They count them as being a soul saved. Oh, I wish I had time to get back into it, but we will in our next study. We'll be looking further into that new theology that's going about, this easy believingism. Oh, my friend, don't get mad with me. Write me and tell me that you're hearing me, wherever you're hearing me from. Remember, would you help me with the broadcast? Oh, I know I have folks call me and write me and say, go on, Trailblazer. Keep on keeping on. But would you sit down and write me, tell me you want to help me with the broadcast, send me a check for $100, and say, Pastor, go on, go on, keep on. I'll be backing you day by day. And uh, would you do that? I appreciate it if you would. And uh, remember, my mailing address is Radio Missions. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana 70785. This is Pastor Pendarvis, the old trailblazer, saying until next time, goodbye and God bless you. The Radio Bible and Book Room is a non ministry of the First Baptist Church of Algiers in connection with Radio Missions. We offer over 1,500 titles of early Puritan, Baptist, and Reformed works, including commentaries, sermons, devotionals, gifts, children's products, and a variety of King James Study Bibles in regular, large, and giant print. For an online catalog and information about the Radio Bible and Book Room, visit our website at radiomissions.org.